Blazers City, Portland, Blazers Nation. This is Jack Winter, your Portland Trailblazers beat writer with Clutch Points, and you are listening to Talking Trailblazers. We're recording this episode of the show on Monday, January 24th, just one day after the Blazers finished one of the most surprising long road trips in recent memory. They capped it off on Sunday with a win over the Toronto Raptors, a game in which they were up 30 points and nearly squandered a nearly squandered a victory before Anthony Simons rescued them late with a, with a pair of threes um, after Fred Van Vliet, Fred Van Vliet cut, cut the Raptors' deficit to four with just over a minute remaining. But Portland held on for that victory, four and two on the road trip, and frankly, everything we thought we knew about this team two or three weeks ago, turns out, may not be true. That's what we'll get into in our first segment, diving into the particulars of Portland's road trip and what it says about Portland's present and immediate future. Then, in the second half of the show, we'll zoom out a bit to discuss Damian Lillard's media availability over the weekend and whether or not this shockingly, and I, I want to stress that shockingly, successful road trip and the growth of the Blizzard young players makes Dame more or less likely to return this season. And then, with the trade deadline fast approaching and Portland's fortunes Turning around a bit here again over the over the last 10 games or so, what approach would be best for both he and the Blazers with respect to the trade deadline? There's a lot going on in the world of the Trailblazers right now, and finally, after this rough, dispiriting start to 2021-22, much of it is positive and sparking optimism. <laughs> what a difference those couple those couple three weeks make those couple or three weeks makes. But for now, we're gonna take a quick break. This is Jack Winner. You are listening to Talking Trailblazers, and we will be right back. All right, we are back. This is Talking Trailblazers, and I'm Jack Winter. When we recorded last week's show, the Blazers had started off their six-game road trip in somewhat expected fashion, getting run off the floor by the Denver Nuggets in a game they played without Dame, CJ, Norm, and Anthony Simons, who missed that game to go to the memorial service of his late grandfather. And then the Blazers headed east to beat the Washington Wizards in a hard-fought game who were uh, playing without Bradley Beal. Now, Portland looked pretty good against the Wizards. Simons played one of the best games of his career, absolutely exploding from three in the first half before playing facilitator from there as Washington amped up its defensive pressure to bring two to the ball and pick and roll. Ant finished with 31 points and a career-high tying 11 assists in that game. Yusuf Nurkic was fantastic against the Wizards as well. He had 23 points and 14 rebounds, absolutely overwhelming Washington with his sheer size and strength. And it was also clear that he was invigorated by coming by becoming a bigger focal point of the of the Blazers' offense with uh, with not just with not just Dame out, but also C.J. McCollum and Norman Powell out for that game. Still, that performance against Washington didn't exactly portend what came over the over the next week, either in, even factoring in the return of McCollum. The Blazers finished their road trip 3-1 and one, with impressive wins over Toronto, the Boston Celtics, and the Orlando Magic. They were even right there against the Miami Heat midway through the fourth quarter before falling apart offensively late. And, and CJ were both stymied by Bam Adebayo and Iso after switches on multiple possessions in crunch time, and the Heat's amped up defensive pressure bothered Ant especially when Adebayo wasn't involved in the play. Instead of switching, they trapped the ball and then brought really aggressive help to that to that first pass, one pass away, and they they got Ant with a couple turnovers there late in the fourth quarter. Uh, they really made a 
made a big impact in that in that game and how the Blazers fell apart late. And then offensively for the Heat, Bam just absolutely came alive in crunch time, taking advantage of Yusuf Nurkic in foul trouble for a little bit of that time. Uh, but then Nurk even came back, and, and he was unable to stop Bam. Bam had 10 of his 20 points for the game just in the last five minutes, uh, really really putting putting the Blazers away. So the Blazers finished that road trip 4-2 and two, with three of those wins coming against a very solid competition in Washington, Boston, and Toronto. They didn't beat the Heat, but it's encouraging that Portland had the chance to win late against a team that currently sits at the top of the Eastern Conference standings. That's right, Eric Spolstra, who really should be Coach of the Year favorite at this point, I would say has his team, which was very recently beat up, at the top of the Eastern Conference standings. Now, we're going to go over some key numbers from the road trip and see what they tell us. But first, let's go to Chauncey Billups for his his thoughts on his team's recent play on the road. Oh, man. I mean, outside of the Denver game where we obviously were really, really shorthanded, I thought it was was an excellent trip. You know, you come out and do six games, and we played some very quality teams on this trip. And win four games, and you know we, we we know our road woes this year. We've been tough to come by some wins. It was an incredible trip for us, man. I'm so proud of our guys. Um, we just we we, we it's just becoming a real unit, you know. Um, I'm really happy about that. And Chauncey should be somewhat happy about these numbers, too. Portland actually has a minus 3.0 net rating in the last six games for comprising that entire road trip. But obviously that number is artificially deflated by what amounted to a scrimmage loss against Denver. The Nuggets beat the Blazers 140-108, ruining that small sample size for us. So instead... What we're going to do is take numbers from the last five games. That'll be a better encapsulation of the Blazers' play. And frankly, they're probably going to surprise you. Portland's offensive rating in the last five games, 106.2, just below the 27th-ranked L.A. Clippers' season-long mark. The defense, 103.4. The Blazers the Blazers have allowed 103.4 points per 100 possessions over the last five games, which would rank second to the Golden State Warriors' top-ranked mark, which easily leads the league. Defense, defense, not offense, despite, despite what we've seen from Anthony Simons, Yusuf Nurkic, all these other guys, defense has been what's driving the Blazers' success of late. Nasir Little has a 94.2, 94.2 defensive rating over that time frame, and Nurkic's is 98.2. Robert Covington had at least four combined blocks and steals against Washington, Orlando, and Toronto, continuing to play really stellar, stellar backline help defense uh, since being demoted to the bench in December. Portland is forcing turnovers on 16.2% of opponents' possessions in the last five games. That would rank third in the league over a full season. Just in general, the Blazers have looked much better rotating and communicating in their 2-3 zone and generally done a much better job affecting the play on the back line, uh, specifically Covington and Little, when Nurkic is showing high on ball screens. But even guys like Simons, McCollum, and Ben McLemore have been pointedly aggressive guarding the ball and even made some plays as help defenders at the nail on the back line from time to time. The on-off data paints Nurkic as a defensive bellwether for Portland, and just like it has all season, really. Even Trendon Wofford has had his moments defensively as Portland's backup center with Larry Nance and Cody Zeller out, though. He's shown far quicker feet than he did in summer league and has active hands and long arms. He's just solid all-around instincts for a rookie, even if I still have doubts about him becoming a rotation player long-term. Now, here's what Chauncey had to say about Portland's improving defense after the win over Toronto. 
Yeah, I think, you know, some of the biggest things, so, so defensively, I just feel like um, more than any other time, uh, we, we've taken the more personal challenges to guard our man, um, knowing that I have help if I get beat, you know, and that's that's where you really want to be. You know, uh, you want to take uh, the personal challenge, say, listen, I got to make sure that my man doesn't get what he wants to get. And if he gets by me, guess what? My buddy's right there to help me. I feel like we do have that mentality right now. Obviously, the Blazers didn't suddenly morph into a top five defense over the last week. One major caveat applies to their success on that side of the ball, and it's shooting luck. Opposing teams shot 31.3% from three against Portland in the last five games. Now, Toronto is very limited on shooting altogether, uh, apart from Fred Van Vliet and old friend Gary Trent Jr., and they ended up going 18 of 54 from three after an absolutely horrific start that that saw them shoot one of 15 from the field overall. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Al Horford combined to shoot a dismal two of 16 from three in Portland's four-point win over Boston. Orlando shot just eight. 8 of 32 from 3, good for 25%. And Kyle Kuzma, Contavious, Caldwell-Pope each went 0 of 4 from deep in Portland's 5-point win over Washington. Another caveat that we need to address, opposing player availability. Beal missed the win over Washington. And then Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero were at the heat. Not to mention Jimmy Butler got ejected on a, frankly, I'm not sure what the referees were thinking with these uh, quick trigger ejections they've been levying here over the past couple of weeks, but an ejection that frankly just didn't make much sense to hit him with two quick texts so quickly. So he was ejected as Miami made a run just before the second, just before the, just before halftime in, uh, in Miami's win over Portland. And that also happened to be Bam's first game back from a month on the sideline. Make no mistake. The Blazers road trip was overwhelmingly positive. Simons continued taking strides as a primary ball handler, looking increasingly comfortable picking his spots as a scorer, playing with and without McCollum, also getting the rim far more frequently. Nurkish, as previously mentioned, has been reinvigorated by his increased usage offensively, really doing a good job finishing on the left block and on the roll. Uh, frankly, better than he has since that horrific leg injury in March 2019. He's finally finally able to take both take his time and be physical, catching the ball on the move. And I know that's something Chauncey Billups and Roy Rogers have really been working with him on since training camp. And Nurk has even mentioned how fun this style of play is multiple times here on the Blazers road trip. He's uh, he's really been enlivened uh, by, by Portland's change in approach offensively with Dame and CJ out. And especially as a playmaker, Nurk isn't just making plays for his teammates from the top of the key or at the elbows. He's been good enough on the block to draw double teams, and that's how Portland has had a numbers advantage uh, offensively in many of these games. McCollum hasn't missed a beat after six weeks on the sideline. McLemore is playing some of the best basketball of his career, and Nas looks ever comfortable with the ball in his hands. Portland is playing with more pace in both transition and the half court, moving the ball against scrambling defenses to consistently go from what could be a good shot to a great shot. And that's exactly what Billups said he wanted during training camp. The Blazers are actually eighth in pace in the last five games. Big picture, the defensive strides have indeed taken place, but the extent of them are a 
bit artificial. With worse shooting luck, the Blazers wouldn't just rank league average on D over the last five games, but likely lose at least one or possibly two of those contests. And as good as the offenses look for the most part, there's still a clear ceiling for the Blazers on that end of the floor without Lillard. Even the Blazers' three-man triumvirate of Simons, McCollum, and Nurkic, all thriving offensively of late, have just a 109.6 offensive rating in the last five games, and that ranks just below league average for for the full season. Bottom line about this, again, (laughs) wholly surprising road trip is the Blazers' recent play is definitely encouraging, but mostly for what it says about the growth of their young players and Billups' ability to connect with his team. Both increasingly important developments for Portland as the trade deadline approaches and Lillard continues rehabbing from surgery. We'll get into Dame's status and what it means for the Blazers in the second half of the show. For now, let's take another brief break. We will be right back. We are back with Talking Trailblazers. This is Jack Winter, and for the second half of the show, we are going to to discuss Damian Lillard's media availability over the weekend. Dame met with media on Saturday for the first time since undergoing surgery on his midsection on January 13th. And while Dame didn't shed any especially revelatory light on his decision to go under the knife and potential approach to returning to the floor, his extended comments are still crucial to keep in mind leading up to the February 10th trade deadline and beyond. Here's Dame on his decision to ultimately get the procedure done. And that's, remember, an injury he's been dealing with for the better part of four years. I mean, it's, it's hard to explain because, you know, it's, um, it's one of those things that when people who haven't experienced this specific injury, just, you know, where everything is like essential to everything, everything goes through, you know, that, that core abdominal area. Um, and just dealing with it, I was like, out. the surgeon was, you know, telling me, like, how was you playing with this, you know? Like, what what was going through your mind? And it's just just to know that I handled it and I'll be able to move forward, you know, with the um, the rest of my career is, you know, it brings me a lot of, a lot of peace. Remember Dame's early season slump, by far the worst of his career? It's more than safe to say now that his discomfort from abdominal tendinopathy was the driving force behind those struggles. Even his brief return to form after sitting out the first two weeks of December was due in large part to a cortisone shot he received to ease the pain before returning. That discomfort was always going to come back, and it did right before the new year, but Dame Clearly, even at 31, he anticipates reaching the all-NBA form to which Blazers fans have become accustomed upon his return to the court. That's full health provided, of course. He's obviously a skill-based player, despite the fact that he has insane bursts going uh, right to left, especially pushing off his right foot with that patented right to left between the legs crossover. He's very quick. He can really change directions fast. And, and that burst, again, is a big part of his game. But he's not overly reliant on explosive athleticism. Uh, you know, like, like some other point guards we've seen age poorly. I would expect him to age well. And, and again, full health provided, I think he can absolutely reach, reach that peak that we've seen over the last couple of years for at least one or two more seasons. But what remains completely up in the air for now is whether Dame will play again in 2021-22. Asked by Jason Quick of The Athletic about the prospect of his return, Lillard said he wouldn't rush to come back, irrespective of where the Blazers sit in the standings. And if Portland is playing for a draft pick over the last few weeks of the regular season, we definitely, definitely won't see him until 22-23. Here's Dame with Jason Quick. We haven't gone that far. Um, 
you know, I'm just a week from surgery. Um, and we said we'll reevaluate, um, you know, my situation weeks out, you know, six, eight weeks. And we'll talk about it then, but I'm not in a rush. Um, you know, my number one, my number one goal is to, to win a championship. And um, I know, like I said, I got to be the, in the best form of myself to make that happen and to be a part of that. So uh, I'm not in a rush and, you know, we'll, you know, we'll talk about, you know, whatever that timeline is when we get to that point. But if they said, we're going to try to play for a draft pick, would you still play this year? I mean, well, if we're going to play for a draft pick, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense for me to, because <laughs> I'm not going to play for no draft pick. Like, I, I, I'm just not capable of that. So, you know, it would be best if that was what we was doing or what was decided, then it wouldn't make sense for me to, to play. The Blazers are currently 20-26, and 26, owning the final spot in the play-in tournament. They're two games back of the ninth-place LA Clippers and two-and-a-half games ahead of the 11th-place Sacramento Kings. Four games separate Portland from the sixth-place Denver Nuggets, who won't be slowing down anytime soon as Nikola Jokic pushes for a second consecutive MVP, and they prepare for the return of Jamal Murray here in the next few weeks. Even considering the Blazers' ridiculously easy March schedule, all signs point to them failing to get out of the play-in tournament, even before accounting for potential moves at the trade deadline. Now, the standout recent play of Nurkic and Covington certainly makes them a bit more appealing to teams in need of help at center and on the wing. Even if good value for them never materializes, the Blazers would be better off moving Nurk and Covington because both are free agents after the seasons, just like Anthony Simons. Resigning those guys with bird rights and running it back just isn't a realistic option for Portland for countless reasons, but especially due to Portland's prospective luxury tax payment in that scenario. With Simons getting roughly $20 million a year in restricted free agency this summer, the Blazers would enter next season with $118 million committed to their four guards and Larry Nance Jr., the cap, $119 million, and the tax line for next season is at $145. they would be paying a massive luxury tax bill next season if they run it back. And remember, they still need to get under it for this season. They're about $3 million over the current cap right, right now. And just as importantly, Portland has the rare opportunity for a high lottery pick in this year's draft and would send its first rounder to Chicago if it makes the playoffs. So nothing has changed for me. I still think the best approach is the Blazers' best, accro- best approach. Excuse me, is clearly still selling at the trade deadline and prioritizing the growth of Simons and Little over the season's remainder. While Dame may not be super pleased with that plan of attack, at least we now know he understands its possibility. That's going to be it for this episode. You can follow all of my work on Twitter at Armstrong Winter and at Clutch Points. Thanks so much for listening to Talking Trailblazers. Stay safe.